Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Mushtar FM 89.6. Today, I am hosting with lovely Natalia. Hello, Natalia. Hello. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Excellent. Nice. That is the spirit that we need. Today, we are going to a very interesting topic because we are going to discuss Russia and Spain, but not in a typical way. We're going to talk about the things that we find strange about each other's countries, and we're going to explain to the other person if the assumptions that we have are true or false, because maybe we have an assumption that we think is strange, but maybe Natasha says, no, it's not true. So yeah, that's what we will be doing today. Do you want to start, Natasha? Well, of course, of course, I can start and I would like to start with food because food is the most essential thing in our lives, right? Yes, and also in Spain, it is very important to us. All right. Well, then let's start with churros. Churros. Oh, my God. So yummy. Do they look yummy to you? They are yummy. They don't just look yummy. They are yummy. Okay, I don't think so. They don't look yummy to me because that's just pure fat. I mean, it sounds nice when you're reading a Spanish book and everyone eats churros and drinks cacao. But otherwise, it's just fat. It's like klangosh here in Hungary. Yes, but you also have in Russia piroshki, so that's also like fat. No, no. When I cook piroshki, they're baked, then ah, fat. Okay, I see. The ones that I ate were fried. But either way, churros are amazing on a Sunday morning when you just woke up and you don't have to go to work. And then usually my father used to go and bring churros for us. And then we would have a family breakfast together eating churros. That's impossible. I would rather eat porridge instead of churros in the morning. I mean, yeah, it is kind of heavy, but I don't know. It's yummy. So for us, it makes sense. It's just something that we do. All right. Is there any food that you find weird, Maria, in Russia? I mean, I have heard that Russians love to cook a lot of food with mayonnaise. I don't know if this is true. Yes, that is pretty much true. I find it weird because, I don't know, here in the exchange that we had, there was pasta with mayonnaise. Would a Russian person do it? Maybe a Russian student would do it, but I find it disgusting as well. Yeah, I didn't like it. And also, I've heard that caviar doesn't seem to be a delicacy because you find it in almost every home. Maybe that's not entirely true, but that's pretty accurate when you have any holidays or weekends or you're just in a mood for a caviar. It's true that you can go to a regular supermarket and buy caviar there. And the red caviar, I wouldn't say it's cheap, but it's pretty affordable still. Interesting, because I had the image of caviar being a really expensive food. So I don't know. For me, it's weird. What about other habits that Spanish people might have that you consider to be weird? Well, when I was looking at them, I divided them into several categories. And there is this category as a personal no for me, which includes churros, but it also includes wearing shoes at home. For me, that's totally unacceptable. Even if they are slippers? No, slippers are fine if you don't wear them anywhere else. But otherwise, no. Okay, it is true that we wear shoes, but in someone else's house. We don't take off our shoes. But at my house, I usually go barefoot, even though my mom gets mad at me. It's either barefoot or with slippers. Why is she mad at you? I think it's it's just right to be barefoot at home. I think that may be something Spanish too, because Spanish mothers get really mad because they're like, oh, you're going to catch a cold or you're going to get sick because the floor is cold. So it's like you're going to get sick. And then she's complaining about you getting sick. 
All right, I see. But yes, I was totally in shock a couple of days ago when we went to Nada's house and you just proceeded in your shoes and I was not sure what to do because I was going off to take off my shoes. And then I was, but no, now it's not hygienic. So I should wear shoes even though I don't want to. I mean, yeah, because I usually don't think about it unless I see everybody taking their shoes off. I'm not like consciously because for me it's a habit to not take them off. So unless I see people, I'm not like, okay, I'm going to take off my shoes. No, I think I would be so angry, so angry if someone doesn't take off their shoes at my house. At your house, I take them off because I see all the shoes at the hall. So I'm like, okay, that means that all the shoes should be here. So I take them off. Thank you, Maria. <laughs> You're welcome. So yeah, also about etiquette, let's say about house etiquette. I've been told that Russian people give a cup of tea to every guest they have. Like just they open the door and they are welcomed by a cup of tea. Do you find it weird? Yes, because usually it's like you sit down, you know, you don't take off your shoes. And then the person is like, would you like water? Would you like something? And it's not usually tea unless that person likes tea and the other person also likes tea. I don't think it's usual because in Spain it's really hot. So I don't think it's usual to be like, do you want tea? It's probably more like, do you want coffee? And the other person likes, no, I prefer tea. It's like, okay. I think tea is the most typical drink in Russia, although modern families, of course, will say tea or coffee and maybe a cup of water, a glass of water as well. But otherwise, it's supposed that you're drinking tea, usually black tea. So again, I'm not a true Russian. I don't drink black tea. Otherwise, it's totally necessary or there is no other choice. Then I will take black tea as well. But for me, it's always green tea. And of course, it's not just one cup of tea, preferably two or three. Two or three, okay. So no four or five? Four or five per day, yes. Two or three just in a row. Okay. And why black tea? Is it like tradition? Maybe, yes. I think it needs to have a very strong taste. Mm. That would be traditional tea. A lot of sugar, but strong black tea. So yeah, one more habit, which I still find weird, but nowadays I think I appreciate it, is Spanish people having very late dinners. So I remember from being in Spain years ago that we had dinner at 9 or 10 p.m. when I was rather sleepy and lazy and not wanting to go out anywhere. But that's how people did it. So we did it as well. And do you keep this tradition, Maria? When I'm in Spain, yes, because it makes sense. Because, you know, if the restaurants and bars and stuff are opened and the supermarkets as well, then you can go out and buy things or have dinner at that time. But for example, since I came here to Hungary, I have not been able to do it because all the restaurants, especially in winter, they were all closed. So it was impossible. So I think I have adjusted to the Hungarian time, more or less. Not really, but, you know, more or less. But yeah, in Spain is very usual. And especially in summer, we can have dinner at like 12. But if you go to a restaurant with your family in summer, it's like you're going to order uh, drinks. And then by the time the food is on the table, it's 10. And then when you finish, it's 11. And then you go somewhere else. And why do you have this tradition? I think it's because of uh, how many hours people work. Maybe because we don't start as early. Like people usually start working in other countries at like six, maybe. But here usually it starts at eight. So we maybe are out by five. And there are some people who have lunch at 4.30 or like five. And then the dinner has to be later because they're already eight late. So they don't want to have dinner at six or like at seven. All right. I understand. 
although only partly. Why not have lunch at 2 p.m., for example, if you have work until 5? Yeah, that can be also like lunch, but it also depends on the work that you do because maybe you have a break, but it's a 30-minute break and people don't usually like take big lunches. It's usually like a sandwich or something like that, and then they go to their house and have the real meal. That's what I did in school, at least. Like I had my recess at like 12, maybe. I had a sandwich and juice, and then I went home at 3.15 or half past three, and then I would have real lunch. That is very different from Russia because you're supposed to have a real lunch and a real dinner as well. And a sandwich will be considered as having an interruption to your diet. Mm. So sandwiches are not really being appreciated by Russian parents. I see. For us, it's just snack time because if not, the child is going to faint at school <laughs> without eating anything. No, no. They are going to have lunch if we're talking about Russia. I mean, yeah, true. But in Spain, they would like faint. Okay, so I have something that I found that I don't really understand. So I want you to explain it to me. Tree juice. What's that about? Like why, what, how? Like I have a lot of questions. Well, I haven't done it myself, but the tree juice, what is probably meant here about tree juice is a birch tree juice. People think that it's healthy to drink juice from a birch tree. And that is why in summer they gather it. So they make a little cut on a tree and then they gather a juice. And it's usually possible to buy this natural juice somewhere next to the forest. So you will see a lot of grandmas and grandpas just staying along the road with the juice. Have you ever tried it? I think so. It doesn't have very particular taste. And it's also white, so it's hard to understand that it is juice. Interesting. But talking about time, so together with late dinners, you have a very particular approach about time, I think. Why? Again, maybe that's not you, but usually when we say like 11 p.m. Spanish time, that would mean half an hour later. Ah, okay, okay. Being late, let's say. Yes. Okay. I have to say that in Spain, there are a lot of people who are late. I am not. I'm the opposite. That's why I like to be as early as possible. If I have to be half an hour earlier, I will be there half an hour earlier because I need to be there and I will wait for the other person. I don't mind. I have a friend, for example, and we do video calls and she's like, I will call you at seven. I know it's not going to be seven. Like, I know. I just know. So I do my thing. And when she calls me, I'm like, okay, hello. And I don't get mad anymore because I just know that that's how it is. It's never the time. I don't expect it. I listen that people complained about Spanish people being late and being late not half an hour or not an hour late, but like 15 minutes late. And I think personally, that's just perfect. That's how you're allowed to be or even supposed to be. Because for me, time is also a very flexible concept, mm -hmm. so, except for being on time for a plane, maybe, or a doctor's appointment. I don't find any sense in being on time precisely. For most jobs, it doesn't make sense as well. That is why I kind of respect this approach. But altogether, as a national feature, I find it a bit weird. I mean, yeah, when someone that is Spanish is telling you, I'm coming, they're not coming. They're at their house and they're still getting ready. So it's just a blunt lie. You should know in case you have to meet a Spanish friend in Spain. I mean, I understand. 
Also, I just said getting ready, but there is something that I find weird about getting ready in Russia. It has been said that most females tend to dress up for any occasion outside the home, even walking a dog or shopping for groceries. I find this very weird because in Spain, I can see a lady on her pajamas buying bread. So for me, that's more normal than seeing someone really dressed up just to go buy bread. I mean, why not? I don't know why we're nurtured in this way, why it's considered normal. But yes, mostly people like to even take a shower and get ready, which includes makeup, which includes some pretty fine dressing up as well. For bread, I won't dress up really, but I also won't be wearing my pajamas because I find it inappropriate. But for going to a cinema with a friend, I think so. I would I mean, also dress up a little bit. But going to the cinema is like, I understand, because you're going to be out in public with a bunch of people. But, you know, like going for groceries, like why do you need to dress up for that? Just for that. And then you're going home. Because women start wearing makeup pretty early. And after they start doing that, it's almost like your second skin. It's a habit. And people should see you like that with a makeup. Interesting. Yes, again, I think I'm pretty much an exception. I don't wear a lot of makeup, like never, I never did it. But still, it's possible to see that some people need to take a couple of hours before they go to work just to apply all the makeup. That sounds tiring to me. To me as well. So what else do you have for me? Some interesting holidays and celebrations, for example, La Tomatina, where people throw tomatoes at each other. How dangerous is that? Is it dangerous? It's just tomatoes. But if it's a tough tomato, I think it's dangerous. <laughs> it's risky at least. I mean, I've never participated in La Tomatina. I would uh, assume that, for example, another holiday like San Fermines, San Fermin, would be more dangerous because there is a bull after you. So I've never thought about a tomato being dangerous. But yeah, now that you say it, it could be like if you got the green thing in your eye, for example, that's dangerous. Yeah. Again, why do you even have this holiday? I don't know. It's tradition. I now thinking about it, I think it's a little bit of a waste of tomatoes. Maybe they are tomatoes that are not good to eat, let's say. But like rotten? Not, not rotten. I don't know. I don't really know. But yeah, it's how it's always been done. And we should respect tradition, Natasha. As you respect family in Russia, because you have an official holiday about that. Why? Tell me. Why? I don't know why. That's a new holiday and that's also a new law which suggested that we should have this holiday at an official level. Before that, there was no such holiday for the family and loyalty. But now as the government is taking this official course to traditional values, they really try to promote it simply like that. But I think most families would appreciate it as well. If you have a bunch of kids, I guess you will be happy with that. Yes, if you have a day off, just because you have a bunch of kids, why not? Sure. Or another interesting and slightly embarrassing habit that I know from Spain is kisses for greetings. That's embarrassing to you? Yes, I find it very private when someone kisses me, especially if I don't know a person well. I mean, it's not really kissing because you're kissing the air. But yeah, I kind of uh, understand. I also don't really like when people that I don't know kiss my cheeks. Yes. But for me, it's like normal. I'm used to having like a bunch of people and just being like. No, it's still very embarrassing. Why? It's not embarrassing. 
Well, we don't have such a habit. You can kiss family member, maybe a friend, but not really. If you're from a posh family or fancy family and surroundings, then maybe yes. Then you go to a party, there are kisses, hugs, maybe kisses rather than hugs. But otherwise, I imagine kissing people kissing in a metro. I've never seen somebody kissing someone in a metro. I mean, I don't know. It's a weird place, I think. But if they met, if they just met. Do you mean friends? Yes, just friends who met each other. They're like, okay, let's meet at the metro station. Yes, in Moscow we do it. Okay, then it could be, I guess. Maybe outside of the metro station, like in the street would make more sense than inside to me. But yeah. If you say so. You've never kissed anybody on the cheek to greet them in Spain? Not in Spain. In Russia, yes. We had this tradition at high school. I still found it embarrassing, pretty much. Now, what I could find embarrassing is that I heard that Russians, when they toast, they make a really, really long speech, like saying things about their life and telling anecdotes and stories of their life. And it's just like, maybe that is embarrassing because when someone talks too much, it could be like, you know, it could be cringy. How is it cringy? It's a person being hospitable. Is it being hospitable? Why? Because you're telling a nice story for your guests if you're a host. But otherwise, even if you're not a host and you know a nice anecdote which would entertain people or make them laugh and cry as well. But can you not tell it after the toast? Like when you're just chatting? Why does it have to be when you're toasting? Because the story will be connected to a toast. I see. I still think it could be shorter than really, really long. No, it should be like a legend. Okay, so next time we drink something, I'm going to make you toast, a Russian toast, and I'm going to make you tell an anecdote that is really important and legendary. I think I'm the worst person to ask to do that, but all right. Okay. Well, we've been talking about differences and weird traditions, but there are a couple of things which I found pretty close to Russia, actually. For example, eating bread with every meal. That's so Russian. But how do you use the bread? Because maybe you use it in a different way. You just eat it. You are chewing the bread. But I mean, do you dip? Do you eat something and then bread after? Do you eat just bread? There's bread etiquette, okay? So you're making a bite from your regular meal and then one bite of a bread and then again regular meal bread. Okay, then that is similar. But there are no dips. No dipping. Like no. if you have, let's say, a soup, you don't dip the bread. Oh, Or like okay. meat with sauce, you don't dip the bread. I'm not sure about meat and sauce. Maybe yes. Actually, yes. And soup, definitely you are allowed to do whatever. I think that's the best use of bread. When you have like a really juicy and yummy sauce and you're just like... Or maybe when you're doing like tomato salad with, you know, olive oil and then salt. And then you take the bread and just... Oh my God, so good. So yeah, I'm getting hungry. So I want to keep talking about food again. I experienced this myself Because I invited two Russians into my house. You're not one of the Russians. The two other volunteers that are Russian, uh, Samantha and Victoria. And I took a pizza out of the oven and it was ready. So I cut it with scissors and they both looked at me like, what are you doing? And I was like, this is how you cut a pizza. Like I could do it with a knife. It's also normal to do it with a knife, but it's more difficult. And they were like, oh, I've never seen something like that. Yeah, you're saying that and it makes me laugh because cutting a pizza with scissors, it just looks funny. Is it a Spanish way to do so? 
I have no idea. I don't know how Italians do it. Maybe Italians are screaming at me right now. And they're like, you should do it with a knife. But in Spain, I think at least everyone I know, they do it with scissors because it's easier. Or like they have the official <laughs> pizza thing that is a round, like a round knife. But we don't have that usually. If you have that in your house, you can cut the pizza with that. But I don't have that. So I just use scissors. It's still very funny. I think I could buy this pizza knife. But also why invest in a pizza knife? Unless I'm Italian, I wouldn't be doing so. That is why just a knife or hands. I mean, but the hands is going to be, it could be a mess. Like it could break and then break the wrong way. And then all the ingredients could fall out. And then it's just a mess. But with the scissors, the cuts are perfect and you don't burn yourself as much. Next time I will try it. Okay, okay. Talking about the mess, because I've read something which I now witnessed in Spain, but do people litter on the floor? Which floor? Like on the street? Maybe. It was just Spanish people like littering on the floor. And I was not sure what it means. I don't know either. I think it could be like in every country, maybe. Well, I don't know about other countries, but there are usually people who like to recycle and to throw trash into trash cans. But there are some people who are just dirty and just throw it on the floor. So maybe it's like Spanish people do it more, but I don't know. I usually am the one that throws trash into the trash can. Is Russia dirty or like you are all very clean and you all use the trash? I think it as well depends on people. I mean, Moscow and St. Petersburg will not be Russia and they're clean. Usually clean St. Petersburg is less clean because it just doesn't have such a stable economy as Moscow. But anyways, I find Moscow pretty clean. And if you go somewhere in the middle of Russia, you might see a different picture. Again, it very much depends on city and people. But something I think that everybody in Russia could do is congratulate people when they come out of the shower or sauna. Like, what is that about? Like, I, I think it's so funny. Yes, we do that. Why? I don't know a true reason for that. But when my mom was saying to me, which means it's good that you had an easy steam, more or less, I was feeling renewed and I was feeling happy after these water procedures. So it's like, welcome to the new life, kind of. Welcome to the new life. You just went to the bathroom. Yes, but that's an event. You're clean, you're renewed. Ah, okay, I see. I will congratulate you if I ever go with you to a sauna or something like that. I will say, congratulations, you made it. And I will reply you back. Oh, but have you actually heard about Russian sauna? No. Is there a particular type of sauna that is exclusive to Russians? It is not exclusive to Russians. We enjoy when foreign people go to a Russian sauna, but that's indeed a bit different. Because in a sauna, you're supposed to be hit by a broom. I mean, there is like in a theme park in Spain, in like Feria, there is a train. And if you're inside that train, people hit you with a broom. And I don't know why someone would do it in a sauna. Like, I don't know. Yes. In a sauna, you're naked, your skin is renewed. And that is when you're being hit by a broom. But who hits you with a broom? Well, it's good if you have a special person who does it. Like someone specialized? Yes, we hire ah. people who can hit us with this little broom. And the broom is made from, it can be birch, it can be some other trees, but it's supposed to be healthy. So you are beaten, your skin is red, and we think that it's nice. Okay, I have a lot of questions. Like, what are the qualifications that someone must have in order to be, I don't know how to call it, like someone that hits you with a broom? Well, if in English, I would say a sauna man. Sure. Okay, and what do you have to do to be a sauna man? 
maybe you study a little bit of human anatomy, but then, yeah, you just need to hit people, right? Okay, I will make no further comments. I want to talk also about another Russian thing that I don't understand, and that is a superstition. I mean, I believe that all superstitions are, you know, are funny because they depend on several factors coinciding. But for example, I have heard from Samantha that if someone steps on you, you have to step on them back because if not, you're going to have a fight with that person. Do you know anything about this? I can only guess, but that's what we did when we were little. In a childhood, yes, you were supposed to do that. Otherwise, everyone believed that you won't be friends anymore. So I think it's like being equal in a way. I see. But I have stepped on you once or twice, maybe. And so that means that we're not going to be friends anymore after this. After that, I think I jumped on your shadow. So it counts. Ah, that counts. Okay, okay. Then we're going to be friends. Let's hope so. <laughs> There is something which unites Hungary and Spain, and that is blinders. Yes. Why you don't have curtains? Why do you prefer blinders instead of curtains? Or do you have curtains and blinders together? I think we can have both, but I think that blinders are more effective to cover you from the sun. And I think curtains could be transparent sometimes. So they're just not very useful. But yeah, I think in my house, particularly in Spain, I have both in every single window. Like in my house here in Hungary, in Russia, blinders are not very typical. Maybe you can have them in a room with a laptop. Mm, I see. But in a cozy bedroom, no, you don't have blinders. You have other things I have heard. You know, like what? No idea what you're referring to. Inside your houses, you have bears. What kind of bears? Russian bears? I don't know. You're supposed to have bears inside your house as pets. That's what I've heard. Not really. You don't have one? No, I have a cat. But that's more normal. Like, I've been told that it is a popular stereotype about Russians and that some people actually have bears. I mean, maybe there are around 10 people who have bears, but these are pretty radical cases. And as well, if you are a forest watcher or forest keeper, maybe just... By chance, you had to have a bear in your house, but then it's not really a house, like it's not a private apartment. Maybe you keep a bear somewhere in the garden, and that's usually a small bear, which you found somewhere in the forest and he needs help. Cute. I mean, I understand because I heard once that people used to say that Spanish people had bulls in their gardens. So I think it's probably the same type of stereotype. Maybe. Otherwise, I mean, hamsters, cats dogs, nothing extreme. Some of the zoo people had, I heard, tigers and snakes, but that's a small percentage. We don't live with a bear usually, but in Russia it's typical to live or to stay with your parents until you're maybe 18 or 24. So when you finish university, you are supposed to move out. How is it in Spain? Because there are rumors that Spanish people prefer to stay with their parents until very late. Yes, that is true, because usually Spanish people go to university at 18, and then when they finish, they come back to their parents' house if they don't find a job. And because renting a house or renting a flat is very expensive, and people usually who have a job when they're starting, they don't have that much money, they prefer to live with their parents until they're probably like 30. So in Spain, it's normal to see someone who is 30 and is living with their parents. 
I had an Australian roommate and she told me that for her it was very weird that the guy she was seeing lived with his parents. Like she was like, why is he living with his parents? Like I don't understand. When you're 18, you have to be out of there. Yes, it also surprises me. I think that it influences on your sense of independence. Yes, for sure. But why wouldn't they prefer privacy? Because they don't have the money to rent a flat because it's really, really expensive. So maybe they are saving money for renting or buying a house. Or maybe they need someone else to, you know, like a partner or something to live together in order to be able to pay rent. And then you find a partner or a friend and you live together. Yes, and you get out. Yes. But also, uh, I was saying that people are educated in Spain, and even though they're educated, they live with their parents. But I've heard that, for example, if you whistle in Russia, that means that you are uneducated, that you don't have education. What is that about? Because, for example, in Spain or like the U.S., for example, as it is shown in the movies, when you whistle is because you're either happy or you are catcalling somebody. <laughs> so I don't know. Why is it like this in Russia? I think whistling is considered to be an idle habit. It mm. means that you have nothing to do. And maybe in previous times, I mean, not really previous times, but some 30 years ago, it was considered a bit impolite to whistle in front of other people. Right now it's fine, but also you're not supposed to whistle inside a flat. You know why? Inside a flat? Yes. That is very specific. No, I don't know why. I want to know. Because then you won't have any money. But why inside a flat? I don't know. In the nature, you can't do it inside a flat. It will bring you troubles. Okay, okay, I see. So I won't whistle inside my house. No, no. And if I ever do it, stop me. Sure. Yes, the last one that I have is that in Russia, you don't have accents. That's what I've been told personally. Because in Spain, as you know, we have different languages and different accents, depending on if you're from the north, from the south, from the east, from the west. But Russia is like... I don't know how much bigger than Spain, like maybe 10 times bigger or maybe more. And it is like really difficult to wrap my head around the fact that you don't have accents or that some people say that you don't have accents. I think that's precise. We have different languages in Caucasian areas. There are a lot of languages. There are a lot of small languages and maybe dialects there, but not in the vast majority of Russian cities. You will notice some differences in pronunciation. There are some words which people use here and don't use there. But otherwise, the language is one language. But in some areas, it is interesting because people use a couple of languages together. Like in Tatarstan, they use both Tatar and Russian language and they can switch between them. I see. So also it was an extreme assumption because it's not entirely true. It's not entirely true, yes. And I'm sure that a linguist could say you more on that. And maybe there are some accents which I don't know about. But so far, I've been able to understand all people who spoke Russian. That is why I think there is no accent. Okay, interesting. So, Natasha, I think that we can say that we had a lot to say about our cultures. And I thought it was really fun. So thank you for joining me today. Thank you so much. It was my pleasure. Don't forget to follow us on our social media. We are Mushtar.fm on Instagram and Facebook. See you next time. And don't whistle at home. Goodbye. Bye.